Sportscast presents Hoops Talk, hosted by Alabama basketball legend Irwin Dudley and Sportscast contributor Ryan Krista. All basketball, from college basketball to the NBA. Listen to Sportscast Hoops Talk on digital radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. Sportscast Hoops Talk. Rhythm, debate, layup, and dunk. Sports talk, hoops talk. Hey everybody, welcome to Hoops Talk. I am uh, Ryan Chris. I'm usually joined by my man Erwin Dudley, but he couldn't make it this week. So I am with my good friend, John Ross former Liberty graduate, just as I am, and uh, former NBA uh, front office uh, personnel here. Uh, just talking a little basketball here. Uh, happening. Hey, it's great to see you, Ryan. It's It's been a minute, uh, but I love keeping up with you and your your high school basketball team. And uh, yeah, things, things have been good. We miss you out in Portland, though. We'd love to have you back out here sometime. Oh, I love to go visit uh, the great Northwest again. Yeah, so uh, um, John is, a, like I said, former front office basketball person. And, you know, we're in the midst of that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that there in a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, uh, we watched a lot of basketball years, John, didn't we? We did. We sure did. Uh, there wasn't anybody more than you or me who attended more Liberty and Longwood and Lynchburg and Virginia Military Institute basketball games. <laughs> That is true. That's true. Uh, somebody, uh, Coach Richie McKay, calls a friend John Ross. There, yeah. Yes. You know, uh, you know, we're both big, uh, big fans of uh, the goat, Richie McKay, who is uh, he is the goat. Liberty back to the for- forefront. You know, uh, getting our man Darius McGee back uh, this year is huge. You know, best yeah. little score in America. <laughs> yeah, I, so I we, still keep get- track of Liberty hoops. So. That's the best thing Liberty has going right now. The football team's pretty nice, too. <laughs> <It's true>. so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's good. You know, a lot of good things happening up in the mountain, for sure. Uh, uh, before we, you know, we get into a little NBA, you know, talking that, you know, uh, what's your, we'll talk a little college just in general. What's your, what's the state of the game with the NIL just in college sports in general? What's your thoughts about that? Uh, honestly, I think it's wild. Um I am all for the student athlete being taken care of and uh, being able to get what they deserve. Also, I feel that since it was such a long time coming, it almost the pendulum swung the other way to where now it's just chaos because there was nothing in place to manage this. And so it's just the wild, wild west out there. Um, You know, I do think, you know, the players deserve more of the piece of the pie. Like coaches can get paid so much and the facilities are amazing and players, you know, they don't necessarily get to take the academic courses they want to study because they have to go to practice and then they graduate with degrees. They really didn't all, I don't want to say for all athletes, but a lot of them, you know, didn't have to attend class. Like we're aware of that. We were with sports management students at Liberty. Like we did their work for them. Like I get, it was, that's why I dropped out of sports management. I was like, this is ridiculous. I ain't, I ain't doing these guys homework. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
I get how the system runs. It's like they're athletes. So like, don't, don't act like they're students. Like, you know, they should be taken care of, of athletes who bring value to the school. And if they would like to get a degree and study, they should have every opportunity to do that. Um, and they should also have insurance packages to take care of, um, you know, the medical injuries they're going to suffer while they're in college that, you know, especially with football players that can last the rest of their lives that, um, you know, while they attend the college. So just some random thoughts for me. Oh, absolutely. You know, it seems like college athletics in the last, I would say even the last three or four weeks have just changed completely. It's just like, it's kind of like you said, unintended consequences of the NSA kind of turning their back and, you know, saying this mm-hmm. will never happen. And, and now, like you said, we, the richer richer, it seems like, you know, especially, you know, like transfer portal. I mean, college basketball transfer portal is out of control. Like, uh, <laughs> it's out of control. I know I, I like it, but it's also out of control. Like, I think players deserve to be able to move, especially since coaches can move. But it's also just created so much chaos because they didn't have, you know, guidelines in place for all of this. So, yeah, absolutely. So, hopefully, you know, we can find the, you know, middle ground. I'm all about everything. Totally. You know, getting what's theirs, you know, I can go out and get a college jersey that some guy, you know, now hopefully be able to, but I think, yeah. you know, they're hoping, yeah. you know, this was started, you know, you know, in small town America where colleges are, you know, endorsement deal from, you know, the car dealership not getting, you know, millions of dollars from boosters. Uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> to transfer That's... from, you know, one school to another, you know. And, yeah. We can That's... go on, you know, this it's, you know. <laughs> it's really, it's always been challenging to regulate, and now it's even more challenging. So, good luck to uh, whoever is the new NSA president. Oh, uh, for real. Good luck. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just as, uh, you know, uh, NSA basketball is uh, ever-changing the uh, you know, NBA landscape and basketball. So, just kind of filling people what year did you start in, you know, working in the NBA, you know, how has the NBA business model changed since you, uh, you first started? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I attended Liberty with Ryan had a dream of working in the NBA applied for every team to do anything, uh, ended up getting a video coordinator internship with the Portland trailblazers, which was a, a dream job. It was, you know, unpaid internship, hopped in my car, drove from Virginia to Portland, uh, left the next day. And I started an internship with the Blazers, which turned into a position uh, as a video coordinator with the coaching staff. And then after six years, I moved over to the front office side and I was the personnel video coordinator. Um, So breaking down uh, scouting film, international, NCAA, G League, um, and preparing for the draft, free agency, and uh, personnel moves with the team. So I did that for 15 years up until this January. And uh, yeah, I mean, 15 years. When I first started as a video coordinator, like I was, everything was on DVDs and things. Uh, the Boston Celtics, they were still using VHS tapes. This is 15 years ago. It's crazy because <laughs> they had an old coach on the team. So they, they needed a VHS. So, uh, you know, like two years later, DVDs were phased out and everything was in the cloud. Um, and so, you know, a lot of us in the NBA wondered like, oh my goodness, will this phase out the jobs of video coordinators and everything? Cause there's just so much information accessible and all kinds of companies and then turned out they needed more video guys more analytics teams more because there was so much more information you know sports scientists um staffs just started growing because uh there was so much information and so much competition for the best use of that information and you know a lot of the coaches and management didn't understand 
how to process that information. So they need to hire people to to present um, video, to present analytics, to present sports science. And so, um, yeah, staffs in the NBA have really grown. Obviously, the game has changed uh, from, you know, being back to the basket to just three-pointers. Uh, analytics really, you know, changed the game of how it's how it's played. And so, yeah, I've seen a lot of different changes there. And obviously, you know, salary cap blew up and uh, free agencies become, you know, much bigger thing. So a lot of changes in the last 15 years. What, what team or players do you NBA for what it is today? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, LeBron uh, going to Miami was just a huge change for, you know, super teams, free agency, and then, you know, Steph Curry revolutionized the game by, you know, shooting 35, 40 footers with ease, um, as my man Damian Lillard does as well. Um, but that that really uh, revolutionized uh, how the game's played. Not Daryl Morey played a big impact in how you know Houston played and how he used Harden. And um, so yeah, it's been a, a lot of uh, key figures of you know changing the game. Yeah, I mean, me and you, we grew up, you know, in the '90s, you know, in those eight games that were in the '80s, you know, the you know Bulls and Pacers and Heat and mm -hmm. Knicks. You know, I mean, teams are in the '80s, and you know, early in the third quarter. Now the game is, you know, much more wide open. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I personally attribute a lot of that change, you know, to the Phoenix Suns, you know, back in the mm -hmm. early, you know, Mike D'Antoni, you know. Yeah, it was always a big thing, you know. Thing, you know, hundred and team, you know. But you know, now I mean, you got to get the hundred ten just to compete, and you know. Uh, totally. What's crazy too is like you know, statistically and analytically, like when they look back at those Suns teams, which were so outpacing the rest of the NBA, now they're like below average to current NBA. <laughs> Kelly Chang it, you know, you know, college football, fast-paced offense, you know, maybe he isn't as fast mm -hmm. as everybody, you know, with basketball, you kind of, yeah, so, so as a, you know, an NBA executive, what's the, what, what are teams looking for compared to when they're trying to build a roster compared to when you first hey, cut out a little bit but I think I think I heard I heard the general uh, can you hear me what are you know yeah looking to build a roster you know what mm -hmm. through the draft for agency you know what difference between what the player you're looking for? Okay. okay yeah i would say hopefully you can hear me but uh you know when when i started 15 years ago uh we didn't even have an analytics person on our staff and i was probably there two or three years and we hired uh, Ben Falk, who many people might know from cleaning the glass and from uh, he ended up being the vice president of the Philadelphia 76ers with Sam Hinkey. Um, but we hired him as a, like a part time analytics guy. That was our first uh, analytics person with uh, the Portland Trailblazers. 
And then, uh, you know, he hired a guy and, you know, Ben ended up being full time and we brought him out to once he graduated college, he came out to Portland and, you know, pretty soon, you know, NBA teams were having 20 analytics guys on their staffs, breaking down everything. So um, the analytics have just grown and, you know, there's a lot of analytics available online that people see, like cleaning the glass, second spectrum, um, synergy. But, uh, you know, a lot of teams, including like the Trailblazers, like they use their own staff to create their own analytics tailored to their own team. So a lot of teams, you know, even though there's so much information widely available, uh, they use things that are very specific to what their staff is looking for, whether that's on a front office side or a coaching staff. more uh, do you hear me john yeah i feel like the the game is going to continually change i mean even like we talked about nca like the pendulum swings like you know we'll see we'll see that same thing in the nba i feel like like eventually defenses will come back and be important and uh you know people will probably get some back to the basket players again and uh there's just be there's gonna be a, a constant evolving of the game Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're building a roster, I feel like, like now, you know, you got five good athletes that can guard five, you know, you know, switching because it's switching and, you know, you know, you know, what player, you know, what uh, front offices are looking for. Who's the player, you know, I mean, I've watched a lot of basketball. Who's your go-to player, you know, if you just want to watch a game, you know, who is the player you're going to like to watch? Um, I mean, I may be a little biased, but Damian Lillard is is my favorite player to watch. Um, and currently, I love watching Ja Morant. Uh, the Grizzlies have something special there. They're a really fun team to watch. I love how, how they play and how they built that team. Uh, Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson. They got a lot of, a lot of ballers there that are fun to watch. Absolutely. I, I, my, my fit in every day, how the front office is transformed, you know, and say, say that again. Oh, I just, you know, I just kind of, you know, just going out, you know, it just seems like the Grizzlies in the last, last couple mm -hmm. of years have really hit home runs on every single yeah, they have. draft pick, you know, and it's kind of led to, you know, fast paced, you know, rebound. I think Taylor Jenkins is one of you know, my favorite, one of my favorite coaches is because, you know, he built a system, you know, and, um, the players, you know, we, you know, between, like you said, you know, John Ranger and Jack Dylan Brooks, it just seems like mm -hmm. they haven't missed with any of their Desmond Bain. 
um, and kind of just filling in the gaps, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They they built something you know, uh, sustainable there for sure. I said, you know, finding, you know, you know, uh, so, you know, we, we, you're kind of in this hiatus, you know, you know, in your professional basketball journey here, you know, what's next for you, John, you know, what are you up to? Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I wrote a couple of articles online, like three ways to get a job in the NBA, three ways to get an internship in the NBA. Um, and those like really took off, went, you know, viral per se on the internet. And so I started writing some more articles uh, just to help people who are looking to get an MBA. Um, you know, like I said, I worked for the Blazers 15 years. I helped hire interns in our front office and with our coaching staff. And so really got familiar with, you know, the process and, you know, what teams are looking for and, you know, what skill sets, what experience uh, guys and gals needed to have an opportunity to work in the NBA. So I started a, a website, getinthegame101.com. Um, it's most accessible through Substack. So getinthegame101.substack.com where I post a bunch of those articles. And then uh, more recently, uh, I'm launching a draft cohort class. So um, we're super excited about that. So that's May 17th. Um, next Tuesday, we'll have our first cohort. So anyone who's looking to get in, uh, you know, behind the curtain look at how an NBA process runs. We're going to have, you know, coaches, scouts, uh, performance coaches, uh, medical agents, and just different people to speak at class to, you know, give um, the students just an opportunity to see, you know, what's it like to, to be a part of an NBA draft. And then throughout the class, um, we're going to have people be building their own big boards, you know, their top 60, top 100 prospects and taking what they learn from, you know, the analytics guys and the combine and those kind of things. And, uh, you know, we'll put them in cohorts to have a, a mock draft at the end of class. So, um, yeah, you can find that as well at, at the site and get in the game. Uh, 101.substack.com and would love to, you know, have some of you guys in class. Absolutely. You know, it's a great opportunity for me out there, you know. I love NBA, I love college basketball when you can combine both of them, you know, that's you know, awesome. Yo, John, if you're taking number one in draft, who are you going to take? It's big board. Oh, my goodness. You know, honestly, I love uh, the big three at the top, but it's hard to pass on Jamari, Jabari Smith because I just feel like he's got the complete package inside out. He's got the body. He's offense, defense. So, uh it's hard to see him missing. Um, I just feel like he's got a chance to be really special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, is uh is good to be on the the pod here. Chad Holgram could uh, put on this weight. Would you number one? 
Oh, yeah, Chet could be. Chet, no, I heard Chet putting on weight. I think that that would be very very important. You know, Chet Holgram could put on, you know, 20 pounds of weight. Would that make a difference in him being the number one slam dunk pick? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a very high ceiling. Um, I think, you know, his body frame, his injury potential is <laughs> what right, Johnny, yeah, people will, um, look at that could be a knock on him. And, you know, some of that stuff's <laughs> not even time. necessarily, no yeah, but it's really good to talk basketball with my good friend, John Ross. Great talking to you, Ryan. All right. Catch you later, brother.